The Square Ball Podcast. Hello there. The podcast is brought to you by Levi Solicitors. They'll do you 10% off uh, your legal fees at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. 15% off conveyancing instructions as well until the end of September. Details at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. I'm Dan Moylan. Hello, Michael Normanton's with me. Hello. So is Moscow White. Daniel Chapman. Oh. If you want to get involved in everything that we do and get all our podcasts ad-free, a priority access to the match ball after a game, our subscriber-only podcast, The Extra Ball, daily email with all the essential leads and news, discounts on our merchandise, have a look at TSB Plus at thesquareball.net forward slash plus. The arrival of Dan James seems like it's put paid to Helder Costa's time at Leeds. Uh, links today to Valencia on loan. Uh, would you be sorry to see him go and... I don't know. It feels like maybe set him free from this uh, from this life. The sad truth is, we might not notice if he left because, well, he, he was. What's he it, done? Does it feel like to you that he was fine for what we needed, which was to get out of the championship, and we did overpay for him? But maybe that was down to the way that the deal was structured, in that we're paying for him over like four years. I don't think that's normally the case with transfers, is it? It tends to be like a lot of it tends to be upfront. Uh, it's like half, and then the remaining half will go in 12 months' time or whatever. They're, they're, but they've structured that deal, so it's gone out over a number of years. We tend to be structuring deals that way, though, wasn't the talk that last summer's big expenditure was actually a very low upfront expenditure. But we basically signed everybody for pennies, and then we're, we've got them all on tick. Yeah, um, so we're skint this summer. It's, re- it's reassuring. <laughs> but it's not an unusual way of doing it. And yeah, he, he kind of, and because it was... The unusual thing with Helder Costa was that the first season was alone and then it kicked in, started to pay the four million. And I think a lot of people were like, well, why didn't we cancel? But it was never a loan that we could cancel. It wasn't a loan with an option. It was to get around whatever was the problem with paying for him. We just said first season's alone and then we are committed to four years of, of four million. And he did. I don't think anybody in the championship squad can be looked back on as having failed and whatever price either for what we get to if we were put yourselves back in the days of Jimmy Kebby and Cameron Stewart and 6-0 at Hillsborough and then say how much would you pay to get Leeds United into the Premier League I would say 15 million quid on a fairly mundane winger is a low ball number for what I wanted to happen at Leeds which would just get us into the Premier League and he did he was part of a team that got us into the Premier League and didn't do he's not really done anything wrong he's just not the most exciting we'll just we'll just forget him won't we that's the thing I feel like in 20 years time when people talk about that squad that was promoted people and you're sort of reeling him off Yeah, I feel like Helder Costa will probably be the one that you go oh oh, oh, and Helder Costa (laughs) as well like you'll remember Berardi and Hernandez and even people like Barry Douglas who were fairly peripheral because I think they had a bit more, truthfully, they probably had a bit more presence on personality. social media yeah. and a bit more personality and stuff. It feels like Helder Costa, even when you see the, I know there was someone like um, previously unreleased footage of the promotion stuff put out this week and you just occasionally see Costa like drifting through the background. He's just kind of in the, he's just in the background a bit and I feel like that's a bit how his time at Leeds has been. He's been generally fine, but it's it's clear he's not going to start and if we're signing Dan James, it's even more obvious he's not going to, so... His uh, his analogue from second division promotions past is John Hendry, who was signed for big money, as was then, like half a million quid for 1989-90, played a, a decent part in it, scored some goals, was injured for part of it, 
was fine. End of the season, sold because we weren't going to be using him in the first division. And um, I don't think Howard Wilkinson really talked to him, but he was part of the. He'll occasionally prop up on um, when they do retrospectives about the that promotion team because he's become a pundit and he's a nice fella and there's absolutely nothing wrong with him. But he was there for a season and then held a caster in the championship for us. Thirty three starts, four goals, five assists. He, he did fine, didn't he? Yeah. Do we want to take those four goals and five assists away and pretend he, he was never here and never, never did anything for us? And then Premier League last season, 13 starts, 22 matches played, three goals, three assists. So not great, not terrible. He's always just, it's never seemed to suit him. He's never brought the energy that we're now looking at Dan James and hoping he'll have that kind of scurrying about like a, a little Alan Smith type um, that never seemed his his game in particular. Maybe La Liga will get the best out of him because he's not a bad player. And he had that great season at Wolves, didn't he? Ten goals, eight assists. Very exciting. And five and six um, the season after that. And then injuries done him at one point. But even with Wolves, 16 games in the Premier League before dropping down to join us. He's been fine. And he seems like a nice guy. He's quiet. He doesn't want to draw. You can't dislike him, can you? That's the thing. No, and I keep I keep meaning to work out. Has has anybody ever interviewed him? No. That's what 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 Michael was saying before about not really ever hearing from him. He's just there, isn't he? He's just a presence. I don't know whether that's down to his confidence in his English or whatever it might be, but he just seems to be kind of a this kind of guy drifting through the background, just happens to be there. Like I would have liked to have seen him. I don't know, dancing on a table or something around the promotion celebrations, but he just never did, did you? Or like on the live stream, he was kind of just there with mm-hmm. his mates. He does, yeah. He always seems to be a full part of social stuff. Like I've mentioned before on here, probably boring number of times, the awards show when he, he is a big part of it with um, when Rafinha and Rodrigo gate crashed Stuart Dallas talking to it. He comes in there, he's got a big smile on his face, he's loving it. And you know that photo of, um, Roma when Ashley Cole signed and they have the squad photo when Ashley Cole's like six feet away from everybody standing on his own. That's never been held Costa. He's always been kind of like middle of the back row and it will be, you know, Luke Ayling or Stuart Dallas will have an arm around him because he's their mate. He's not like an outcast socially or in any other ways. He's, he's a big part of it. Even clips from the team bus, he's in the middle of a sing song, but he'll be kind of, he's not leading it. He's, he's doing the harmonies. Of, yeah, he's kind of just that, he's not leading it, he's not the front rank, he's just kind of second rank, but he's not. He's never sitting at the back with his arms folded going, I'm not, I'm not doing this, boring, yeah, like on, stupid. On, on the stag do, he's the one who just gets sort of nice quietly drunk without really causing too much bother. Yeah. Quiet, he's a and quiet lad. And if there's a sing-song, he's involved in the sing-song, and if you're, if you're chucking a bin around, he'll probably go, well, come on, lads. <laughs> but he's, you know, he's he's always part of it from that point of view, and I don't, I can't imagine anybody thinking... That they don't like him. <laughs> I mean, the best thing that we can say is he's a bit vanilla as a footballer, isn't he? And his personality seems to reflect that. Whereas you see the anger that oozes out of every pore of Rafinha. I mean, that kung fu kick at Patrick Bamford. I didn't see that at Turf Moor on Sunday. But that's wild, isn't it? That's that's his form of expressing love and joy to his friend is to impart violence upon him. Yeah, I'd probably be more at home with um, Helder Costa just like making me a drink. Yeah, that would be that would be fine. Maybe asking if I've have I had lunch. Can, oh, no, can I top you up? Maybe. Yeah. Do you want a sandwich? Yeah. 
Cheers, Helda. Anyway, Helda Costa's getting to go to Valencia. I mean, that has been linked to us. I mean, oh, this will be out after the transfer window closes, but that's been sort of the default position since the start of it. So, But then it's how late things go. I mean, I we referred briefly to me saying on the match ball that signing a player now would be a panic buy. I didn't necessarily say be a panic buy. I said it would look like a panic buy. And I think I was talking about how to satisfy everybody's demands of like, are we going to get a centimetre? And it was centre midfield in particular. If we signed one now, it would feel like we were panicking. It may not be the case because as it actually is, would we be signing Dan James if Ronaldo hadn't just signed for scum? Probably not. That's what's created his availability. Helder Costa wouldn't be going to Valencia if we hadn't signed Dan James because of Ronaldo. Ronaldo leaving Juventus seems like it's had something to do with Messi going to Paris Saint-Germain because it's all like, well, I can't just stay in Italy. I've, I need, I've got, I need some attention yeah, too. Yeah, exactly. So there's all that. And then we don't even know it's uh, it's one o'clock on Tuesday. Where's Mbappe playing the rest of the season? It seems like it's going to be Paris Saint-Germain, but Real Madrid really want him. Are they going to come back with a, a late bid at the end? And the whole Harry Kane thing only got sorted out in the last couple of days. So everything's gone late and that's how Dan James has ended up here. So there's not the hint of panic about that. It's more oh, that guy that Bielsa hasn't shut up about for three years, we can have him now because of what's going on elsewhere. And The, then, the dominoes have started to fall, haven't they? It's cascaded. And then Valencia, Costa can, can go to Valencia. I think it, the panic that I was referring to would have been more like if we went and spent £25 million on Lewis O'Brien from Huddersfield just because <laughs> we, we didn't look good in midfield against um, Burnley. Yeah, whereas, the, whereas the thing with Dan James, he didn't, I, we were talking before about where's he going to fit in and, and him bumping up the numbers and improving the quality in our attack. We don't actually need him. Nothing happened at Burnley that made me think, oh, Dan James is the solution here. If we played all season with no Dan James and it was Helder Costa and Somerville, it'd be fine, we probably wouldn't go down. But he's there to be had now, isn't he? So we may as well bloody have him. And to be fair, it does fulfil the uh, policy that Kinnear laid out right at the start of the summer. We'll wait for a wing until the end of the window. They did, got one. Fair enough. Rafinha, though, we're talking about him there. He's not going to Brazil. That's going to make him even more angry, isn't it? He's not allowed to be released because the Premier League are not letting people travel abroad to return from red list countries, which I'm pleased about, really. I want him to go get capped for Brazil, but not like this, when we're ready. I mean, it's a very selfish approach, but yeah, I must admit, yeah. the, the prospect of having to lose him for what would have been, would it have been three games, I think it was going to be because of, um, of the quarantine and everything. And then if you. It's proper quarantine as well, isn't it? It was like being stuck in a hotel was for at least some of it. And how fit can you keep in a hotel room? You know, it feels like it would have been, it would have set us back a fair bit. So, sorry. But sorry, Rafa, it wasn't my choice. Pat Bamford gets to go and have fun with England. Bless him, turning up crack of dawn for his first day there. Keen as mustard. The uh, the caretaker probably opening up St. James's, uh, St. George's Park, sorry. And uh, said, what are you doing here so early, son? Oh, it's my first day. I'm very excited. I'll look at you in your new kit, your new outfit. Bless him. He's just a, he's a nicely brought up boy who sees nothing wrong in turning up at the start time for a party. If the party starts at seven, I'll be there at five to. Nothing wrong with that. I think um, most, whereas most people would be like, oh, well, it starts at seven, but you don't need to get there till like eight, half eight, dear, but not Pat. He'd be like, no. Turned up, he's brought his own, brought some drinks. And if you remember. A dessert, um, maybe. Remember at Burnley, you had Sean Dyche moaning about who had brought him. I mean, his parents had driven him. I wonder if he, uh, if he gets treated like that at. England. Maybe it's just I'm because... Trying to, I don't know why we're not hearing Sean Dyche's... Uh, how would... If Sean Dyche throws a party and tells you to be there at seven, 
What's his reaction when Pat Bamford turns up at 6.55? I wonder. <laughs> Do you know? Blow the fucking birds out here yet. You might as well fuck off to Offie. <laughs> I think the thing with, uh, with Sean Dyche is probably that, because he turned up with his mum and dad, didn't he, did Bamford in, in Burnley? And seeing two parents there, it's probably a very, very rare occurrence in Burnley and it would have really upset the locals. But he's going to have a nice time with uh, with England because he gets to play potentially hungry. Andorra is the one of my ball in where he might get, definitely, get, definitely get a run out in that one. Well, Dominic Calvert-Lewin is out, so there's only Harry Kane and Pat Bamford as strikers in this squad. So as will, I'm aware. will we not get the treat of Dominic Calvert-Lewin tucking away a penalty and then pointing to his, the name on his shirt again? He'll have uh, Rich Allison chasing after him, demanding that he be able to take... I was going to... I was looking up while you were talking there because I wasn't interested in what you were saying, but with uh, <laughs> um, the Brazil call-ups being cancelled it was um i think the brazil manager whose name now escapes me basically said right all of you are not in the squad anymore and um rich allison has posted a picture of himself looking very very moody about it on instagram a, a proper i wanted that penalty face and uh, tiago silva has um, put one with the uh, an image of his hands tied by rope right as well just to i think they're all trying to make clear to the uh, the people of brazil that they are very unhappy about not being able to 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 go along i don't know if rafinha is going to step up try and ramp this up chain himself to a radiator or something go full Terry White I don't think Terry White chained himself to the radiator just to be clear he wasn't making a point he was fuming that he wasn't being allowed uh, international (laughs) clearance to play for Brazil Uh, just a quick word if we can then on on the crew game feels like a lifetime ago but we didn't do a match ball on this one because you uh, weren't there well Michael was away on holiday during term, term time which I believe is a fine from the uh, from the Department of Education. <laughs> I, I must admit, I did forget about the League Cup because I was like, oh, I'm sandwiching it in between games. Um, but then, yeah, the League Cup was in there. But um, you went Moscow. How was your uh, your little telly and all that? Little telly was useful, actually, because there was a big... Oh, whoa, whoa, whoa. We're going to need the little telly bell. But for long-time listeners of the podcast will be where we had a gantry gong, which sounded like this. That was when Moscow mentioned being on the gantry. He's been moved mm. now. Back of the West Stand, you've got a little telly. I was front row of the... Uh the press area for this one and uh, my view of the cop penalty area was obscured by a stanchion not happy they they say the tear west it, stand tear is, it uh, down build a cheese room it's the only way to say the west stand is posh but then you actually sit in it you realize um it ain't um so i was quite relieved that it didn't go to penalties one because i didn't have to suffer through that too because if they'd had them at the cop end i wouldn't have been able to see anything and instead it was just the goals that i kind of had to um we bobbing and weaving either side of the the stanchion, and then realising I just had this little telly made by um, a company called Lilliput, who are apparently uh, experts in little things. Yes, things? Yeah. both depending on what they've been drinking. So, and were you the giant in this uh, particular set? Was it? Gu- I mean, is it Gulliver's? Six foot one. Gulliver's travels. Yeah, and it was all right. As I mean, we were a lot of small people come and strap you to the floor. Great. It's probably for the best that. Not more people saw Helder Costa cutting in. Oh, it was great moves. Llorente breaks all the lines. Like if you put a barcode there, ball straight through it all, and it lands on uh, Helder Costa's foot. Brilliant touch inside, and he's shaping from the edge of the penalty area to <laughs> I've shoot. Seen, I've seen this, God. And um, yeah, somewhere. How many? The how many? Stand. To give an impression, how many more goals would have needed to be stuck onto the top corner of the existing goal for this to go in the net? I think it landed in the backyard of the peacock. <laughs> that was probably the... And he was... It was noticeable because Jason Shackleton was playing right back and 
held Acosta right wing and all through the first half they were on um, the dugout side and whenever there was a break in play Bielsa was like bringing the two of them together it was almost like he was like look lads is there a problem like are you not talking to him are you upset with him because it just wasn't I mean Shackleton was doing all right I'm looking forward now to the uh, having to explain to people on Twitter when they call you out for calling him Jason Shackleton who don't understand the reference which is on propaganda isn't it yes you have to if you're not watching every second or listening to every second of these then i can't expect you can't expect to know what we're talking about luke murphy got taken off with two minutes remaining so he could have standing ovation which was very confusing it was only standing ovation not just polite applause well somebody stood up his manager his crew manager was standing up it was quite um his crew manager makes it sound like he's got a crew (laughs) yeah Yeah, well, you know about the crew manager has a uh, degree in forensic biology. I was reading an interview with him before the the game, and anybody who reads the propaganda emails, as Michael clearly does not, would have heard this already, that he, uh, when he was a young footballer, he played for Rotherham, his afternoons were free, and he would find himself watching Diagnosis Murder and Murder, She Wrote and Midsummer Murders and all of that, and... At first he was thinking, oh, I should watch something better than this. Then he started thinking, well, actually, I'm really into this. What is it about this that I'm enjoying? And then he went and did a degree in forensic biology, and I think he's doing a master's to take it further on. So he started, he's, yes, he knows all about how to analyse blood samples and stuff. I don't know if that's useful, being Luke Murphy's manager, but it was very confusing why they decided at 3-0 down to take off Luke Murphy with two minutes left. And then some people started clapping and then it was like, oh, it's him. Right. Get it now. But Murph was fine. Leeds were fine. We weren't as bad. How as, was Forshaw? Um, Forshaw was good. Yeah. Got a solid hour and... Um, Feels like we're going to need him. Well, he did everything you'd want him to do. And if he can do it for more than... If they can build him up to doing it for a full match, it's Adam Forshaw. As we remember him, as Middlesbrough fans remember him, as perfectly adequate for them in the Premier League when they got relegated. He looks. He looked tidy. I saw that little highlights compilation that was put together by someone of all his involvement in the game, and he he did that very Adam Forshawy thing of picking up the ball, moving, you know, twisting and turning into space, and then releasing it, which yeah, you know, is, is better than passing it to the opposition, I guess. In fairness, we did miss that. Well, in, in all of the games, I think this season we have missed that a bit. Just actual central midfielders who re- retain the ball for for a little while. We, I mean, part, I know part of our plan is that we move possession very very quickly and attack at pace, but it does sometimes feel a little bit like we kind of forget that you're allowed to just have the ball for a minute in the middle of the pitch and that's fine. And we started our promotion season with him playing every game and we were brilliant at that point, weren't we? What was the results then? Win, draw, win, 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 win. So we were very good. There was maybe some other results in there. Strong record, that. But he was um, a big part of one of the best looking Leeds teams that we um that we had yeah until it was Charlton when everything went wrong Casilla and Forshaw's hips up until that point only Swansea had uh, scrapped that kind of last minute goal against us and we were one two three four five wins and two draws apart from that a saga longer than Lord of the Rings this one now the rings have been destroyed in the fiery mountain I think that's how it ends anyway what they're going to write about talking about the Dan James saga done and dusted. What's next? How do we use him? That's next. Of course it is, yes. Phil Hay will be getting into all that on The Athletic and all the fallout from the transfer. Very big transfer, Michael. Scarily big, some would say. 
that can all be found on The Athletic this week. And we will be chatting to Phil later on this week to get his take on the uh, the Dan James situation and the arrival of him right at the back end of the window. You will recall if you caught last week's podcast with Phil, put a gun to his head and said, who is it going to be if Leeds get someone just before the deadline? And he said... Dan James. Ryan Kent. <laughs> <laughs> An accurate prediction from Mr. Hay, as always. Please do check out The Athletic because they're on board with us uh, for the podcast for this season. The home of the best collection of football reporters, storytellers and analysts in the whole world. 50% off the price of an annual subscription right now. 30 quid for the year if you go to theathletic.com forward slash the square ball. That's theathletic.com forward slash the square ball to get signed up for 50% off. Away from the uh, the main first team, then 23 is doing all right. Uh, beat Derby, didn't they? Which is cool. They're in fine form. Leo Hjelda has been added to the squad there. Four-year deal from Celtic, which we knew about, but it's, it's since been confirmed. Well done to the Leeds United women as well. And our very own Olivia Smart. And we can say that as well because we're sponsoring her this year. I mean, I don't think we, I don't think we own her, in no. fairness, when you say our own. No. It's in a, in a, in a, one of our own sense. one of our own yeah. sense, yeah. yeah. I'll live. Uh, scored <laughs> this the, is not Olivia when it comes to us. It's Olivia. Scored the only goal against Annick Town. So we are going to be chatting to her on the extra ball on Friday morning, aren't we? So that'll be out over the uh, the international break weekend. So watch out for that. Meantimes, when the transfer window is closed, by the time you hear this, you will be able to get your Socios fan token thing for a couple of quid or free if you are a season ticket slash membership holder. Or don't. I mean, you can't you can't sell them, can you? No. Not the one, not the free one, which is a shame because I was I was looking for that price to rock it and then I would sell. But um, yeah, I'm, the club seems to have half listened to the feedback on this and then realised they can't also get out of the contract that they have signed with them. They've put some wise advice on the website. There are there are things in there about um, we strongly advise caution to any individual who chooses to use fan tokens for any other reason than their intended purpose. Um, only spend what you can afford. Um, well, you're it, not going to clean your car with it, are you? You can, <laughs> you can only sit there and live in the digital space. And it, it also kind of says that... Um, don't, don't put it in your ears, kids. Fan tokens are to keep and continue to use to connect with the club. That is how fan tokens should be used, and that is their intended purpose. Buying and selling fan tokens is not the intended purpose. Well, that flies which, a little bit. <laughs> I was going to say, which bear in mind, M- Moscow had the app, and you, are, you you get some like rewards. I'm for losing saying, money hand over fist. <laughs> how is your Roma your Roma socios thing? I'm going? just having a look because socios have also from the app they've removed all the graphs that show you how your investment is do well how you, it's not an investment how your fan token is doing so i'm having to work it out manually it's down from i bought at 26 chilies and it's now down to 19 chilies oh, what's a chili worth now well that's it i mean there's the other thing that you have to work out and but that's i mean i can't be bothered in sort of the only sliding scales of things. the only people who are um bothered are the people who are making loads of money off it but the, yeah that's the the thing is it's not only the rewards that are, are built in to encourage you to trade but when they do the fan token offering i'm just checking to see if i've had the promotion for the leads one i got the promotion email for the arsenal one that said and i guess it might be because is the first launch is for season ticket holders and members to go and claim it and then they'll do the, the public one what was the public one it was um you can now buy from four o'clock your arsenal fan token is two euros blah 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 so buy one and you can do all this stuff and that's the whole thing that Leeds are now really trying to heavily emphasise is you buy one and you can vote in everything. Limited to 500 per person uh, for the first hour, I think it was, and then you could buy a 1,000 per person. That's how socios do it. So 
Whereas leads are very much, you only need one, sell sales push it, yeah, but if you buy 500, you have 500 as many votes, because that's the other thing as well, as you have much more influence. Um, and then also the whole trading thing and the whole reason why this is so popular with the cryptocurrency community is because if you buy 500 at two, then it will rock it up or rock it down. This is not investment advice. The fact that the, the season ticket... And there's potentially profit to be made. Well, the fact that the season ticket membership ones are not even sellable divorces it from the point of the whole thing a little bit, doesn't it? That's so trying to get round the idea that it's pay for influence because it's one of the things that you... It's pointless, isn't it? It goes can, back to what we said. Yeah, but one of the things that you say back to um, Leeds and any club involved in it is, well, why don't you just poll your season ticket holders so they say, well, we'll give all our season ticket holders a free token. Because this got us an extra couple of million quid. So yeah, and then we can <laughs> and then we can poll them using this. But then, as is revealed by the fact that I am a super AS Roma fan, it won't only be uh lead season ticket holders and leads members voting in whatever. And then also my one vote will be pretty much um irrelevant if somebody else has spent all their money to get 500 of these uh I've already stopped caring. Just, just to make well, clear, it is, it, on, on the numbers of it though as well, in this initial offering, which is phrased to sound like a stock market thing, which it, it isn't, there are a million tokens available. There are going to be 10 million to tokens in total, So, which socios just keep. So they, they retain the remaining 90%. So they retain the majority of this. So you're only ever going to, even if you buy... I can't do the maths on it. Even if you buy the, your maximum amount, you're still going to own a tiny, tiny bit of it. And socios just, they essentially just keep the other 9 million to sell at some point in the future. It is the big point on Chili's that was very well brought out by the Athletic article about these. I'd kind of spotted it when I was looking at it for the article I wrote, but I wasn't, my understanding of cryptocurrency just made me look at it and go, that can't be right. But essentially the, you can see who owns the majority of Chili's, which is the um, open market cryptocurrency that socios use to power their app and the, all the, the fan votes run on. The top 70% 70, 70 of that is in the hands of 10 accounts. That's the one of the things about when people talk about blockchain and how um, it's transparent to a degree, you can see an address, you can see which address owns it. So 70% of the children. As in a number, checked, not an actual address. Yes, it's not 22 Acacia <laughs> Avenue and Banana Man's got it all. But um, <laughs> so 70% of chilies are all in the hands of 10 addresses. A third of all chilies are in the hands of one address. That's the, the most. And when I did some. I think, uh, I, think I, I know what you're going to say. And I read the same thing and it goes a bit mental if you get past 50%, doesn't it? I don't know what right. you're talking about. Fine. But when I did some. <laughs> it, uh, it creates a problem. I did some back of the index card maths on how much those, if they sold all those chilies, if the person with a third of the supply of chilies sold them all at once, they're worth 750 million quid. And I'd probably do that. That's gone up by 9,000% from where it was before the Socios app started signing up all the teams. So if you happened to have invested, say, £100,000 into some chilies at that time, and that's now worth 9,000% more because this app is getting popularity because clubs like Leeds accept 2 million quid or whatever of sponsorship and it becomes and publicize it to everybody. More people buy chilies. And the person who owns 
actually sees their investment in it go up and up and up. The 9,000 is the big figure from last year, but even in the last month, it was going up by 20-odd percent. And week on week, month on month, it's it's a, a remarkable increase, which is n- not reflected in the increase of the worth of my fan tokens. So I, as the fan, buy a fan token that mine, my Roma one, has decreased in value. The people who own Chili's, that they don't sell you, their money, their investments are all going up. So who is actually benefiting from it? Is it me that I can now... There isn't actually a new Roma poll. I just had a quick look since I signed Lionel, up for Lionel it. Messi is the answer to that question because he's got paid in Chili's or something, hasn't he, or tokens or whatever. Since I signed up for Roma, there, there has not been another poll in the three weeks or so and the season started and there's some prediction games and stuff, whatever, but it's still... There is nothing for me to do there with my fan token apart from watch it decrease in value <laughs> while the people who own the Chili's... <laughs> Some of whom presumably will work for socios. The links between them is not um, is not transparent. That's what you can't tell from the blockchain. While well, they just coin it in and it goes um, rocketing up. So the only reason to take advantage for what it was, um, as they will phrase it, of the offer is if you want to make, um, if you want to help make people who own the Chile's cryptocurrency become even richer than they already are. And if that's not on your to-do list for tomorrow, I suggest you just leave the whole thing well alone. Everyone's celebrating at the minute. Are you celebrating the arrival of Dan James? Sort of. What about you, Moscow? Likewise. (laughs) Bowled over by it. You know what he's going to have to do, don't you? Now he's signed for us. Score loads of goals and be dead good. Does that apologise for his um, goals he scored for scum? All of those things. But I mean, I'm thinking more from a logistical point of view. Buy a house. Correct. Oh, how did you guess? Do you know what this is going to lead into? I've no idea. Surprise me. <laughs> Shall I tell you? It's Levi Solicitors. Uh, we're celebrating another year with uh, Levi Solicitors. They're on board for the podcast for this season. And they're offering an extra 5% off their conveyancing fees until the end of September. So that means a 15% discount on conveyancing transactions on instructions received between now and the 30th of September 2021. Of course, you can get your 10% discount on all other legal services. Full details of that at levisolicitors.co.uk forward slash the square ball. Heroes and villains, now then, where we pick the good and the bad from the last seven days. Let's start with the Ken Bates Villain of the Week Award, which hasn't changed name at any time ever, actually. Someone's going to have to do something quite spectacular, I think, aren't they, to, to displace Ken from this award. We don't want Ken zooming into us either, do we? <laughs> Unhappy about losing the title. He took it well, didn't he? In fairness, old uh, Ken? Hughes dog. Oh, when yes. you had him on last week, I did. Well, he's um, been nominated. I did listen to it. He has been nominated. Let's start with him because he called uh, Manchester United or scum, as they are referred to uh, by a lot of people, simply United on last week's pod, which many people have felt counterbalanced his good work in all the seasons previous. That one little indiscretion. <laughs> that's in, it. in his defence, he is a Man City fan, isn't he? So I think if you're in Manchester, having that City United. It probably is more how they're mm. referred to there. I'm not sure that in his defence, he's a mank. He's really <laughs> he's the right sort coming of mank, across though. the way that you uh, you intended it to. But um, obviously, he's not going to win this. Why would he? We've got we've got we've got a lot of Burnley nominations, haven't we? And a lot of these came back on the um, TSB Plus subscribers feedback form nominations for. Let's well, let's look through the Burnley ones. Ashley Barnes is in there. Burnley as a whole as a concept. Deitch, Wood. Uh, that's it actually for for Burnley. I mean the actual whole nomination for Burnley does 
throw a blanket over the lot of them. So it feels like there's a lot just because of the sheer prevalence of a word beginning with C that we won't <laughs> be using. Um, we won't be saying that out loud because, frankly, it's impolite, but true. And also, there's a use for that, as the old saying goes, whereas what is the use of Ashley Barnes? Mm. Yeah, he's not widely loved, is he, by Roger, Liam, Craig, Joe, Ben, Jimmy, Will, Ryan, Martin. list goes on and on and on. I'm going to repeat a point from my match report, so thank you to anybody who read it, um, and sorry that you have to hear it again. The old thing about us not signing Ashley Barnes because his football manager stats were worse than Luke Varney. Right. That's always been kind of a joke on us. of like, oh, ha, ha, you were using football manager. Also blah, blah. true. But also true. His football manager stats worse than Luke Varney. How can that reflect well on Ashley Barnes? And I'm sure it'd probably still be the same if you looked at his stats now and um, Luke Varney is playing for Quorn FC. <laughs> and I bet he still has better stats and better characteristics than Ashley bloody Barnes. UFC is mentioned. The C-bomb is dropped quite a lot in these uh, nominations. Twat is one of the words that we could probably use. Uh, permanent scowl, continual complaints. Uh, I mean, Ryan in, in Australia picks him out for daring to lay his feet on beautiful Stuart Dallas. And he laid down beneath him, didn't he? As a as a, a disgusting mattress to fall on. Yeah, Dallas could have fallen into the soft grass of Burnley. Turf moor. He could have felt that turf for himself, if not the moor. Just landed with a... Instead, he landed on that pillock. <laughs> but, um, Deitch got his nominations. Liam and Katie both... Uh, pushing him forward for this. Will um, he be pleased to have been nominated for this? Well, I wonder. Let me put this charge to you, Sean Deitch. Uh, Liam says you had shit tactics, shit attitude and a horrible voice. Good. <laughs> That's the Burnley way, as um, they say on Atletico Mints. And uh, Katie singles him out as being the absolute opposite to Bielsa, which is fair enough. Burnley as a whole, Sazzy, Ding, Rachel, Nick, Daniel all uh, pick out Burnley as a general concept. Horrible football, kicking lumps out of us dragging us down to their championship level. Ding also nominates VAR because um, he's saying if that's not a sending off, then what is it for and what is a sending off? And it's a fair point. It's absolutely no different to what Liam Cooper got sent off for last year at Manchester City, which was... Aim- oh, I'm going to be sick! That one. Aiming for the ball, but catching the man afterwards. Except when Liam Cooper did that, the ball was in play. And there, to be got at, mm-hmm. yeah. whereas it wasn't here for Barnes. So it was it, worse. It, it, was, was a, it was a war crime to kind of phrase from... Uh, <laughs> from the propaganda show that we heard earlier on. The thing is, it's one of those that if Stuart Dallas doesn't get out of the way and Barnes catches him more cleanly, then it is a sending off because Stuart Dallas is very obviously injured and in a bad way. But because he just about avoids it, it's nothing to do with what Ashley Barnes has done that Stuart Dallas has avoided it. it he just has managed to get out of the way by pure luck. And it, it feels like if you're going to punish the tackle, then you need to punish it like whether or not he made contact or not. Like... like um, Jack has won for Arsenal. He didn't really catch the man, did he? But he also was flying off the ground at someone's legs. So you've mm. got to say, well, that's that's not actually allowed. Yeah, same weekend. It looked very, very inconsistent and a bit strange to that. Paul doesn't like COVID. I don't think any of us particularly like COVID, do we? Uh, he picked it out. Misunderstood. Though. Very misunderstood. <laughs> picked it out for Deniner's click and, uh, and Furpo. And yeah, we can't discount that from the outcome of the game that we were a couple of bodies light. And when you're only running an 18-man threadbare squad, then, you know, one... Positive COVID test is a problem too, is a bigger problem. Junior looked well on it though, didn't he? Yeah. On his balcony? Yeah, he looked absolutely fine. I've never seen a fitter, healthier looking person. Hi, sorry about, I've got COVID now, but I'm all right. Uh, We didn't mention Chris Wood there in the Burnley lot, but Liam did pick him out for the the celebrations. It was, it lacked decorum basically, didn't he? Like 
pretending he'd scored a worldie, as Liam describes it. Such a shit goal as well. You know, against the team that saved him from Leicester's reserves. Bamford celebrated right by running away in front of the Burnley fans with his ear out. Yeah. And then away from Rafinha before he could kick him in the head. <laughs> so that was fine. Whereas, I don't know, Chris Wood seemed to think he'd done something good. But we've seen Chris Wood do good things and they were better than that. Somebody more negative than Michael has picked out uh, Luke Ayling. Is it somebody called Sinking Feeling? That's the name they, wow. they put on the form, which but tells you something. But you're fun at parties. Says he's been dreadful in every game. Uh, seems he will never lose his place despite how poorly he plays. Due to his cheeky chappy, he's got a great story. He's so undroppable. I'm not sure he's been not being dropped because of his great story. I don't <laughs> know if he's referring to his like speech impediment. It's like, oh, we can't, we can't drop him because he's got a stammer. I don't know if he's like if his expected words statistics in training are keeping him in the side or something, but um, he's in the team because he's a very good player. He may be out of form, but it doesn't change the fact that he is a very good player. It raises the question whether he should stay in the team, but it doesn't, I don't think there's, um, especially after three games, when were we going to drop him? After Old Trafford, right? That's it. Everything you've ever done for Leeds, you are dropped because we can't have people thinking you're hanging around just because we like you. Stinking the place out. But if he doesn't get better, then nominate him then. Give him him six more terrible games. Rodrigo picked out by Will. It's an unfortunately, so he is caveating it by pointing out it's a bit unfortunate. What does he do? Feels like he's got a couple of nice pieces of skill per game and then just disappears. I don't think you can really look at Rodrigo's face and think he's villainous. No, he's he's a nice chap, isn't he, really? Yeah, he's doing his... He's trying. I don't know if he's doing his best. Despite his limitations. I hope he's not doing his His best. His £30 million limitations. He didn't pay that for himself, did he? And before then, I mean, didn't he just stay at Valencia forever? So maybe that's something he's missing the uh, back logo. And speaking of expensive transfers, Swansea's owners, Philip, picks them out uh, for dicking us about over Danny James a couple of years back. So we've, uh, we've had this bloody drawn out, will we, won't we? thing with him ever since just buy him and stick him in the 23s and have done with it he says <laughs> is it therefore or is it uh maybe daniel james should be nominated here for not driving back down to swansea punching hugh jenkins in the face tearing up his contract and signing to play for leeds for free mm. if he really wanted to play for leeds he would have done that two years ago not make us pay through the nose just to finance the sale of the ronaldo who well, you know, if you were gets to a read, mention, gets a mention here, doesn't he? Have you seen that? If you were to read uh, editions of Des Spiegel from a couple of years ago, you would find out all the reasons why paying towards that man is a sickening thing. Ronaldo is cited in this, but the aim from Kit is that Sky Sports is during the build-up, even during half-time, all they wanted to do was talk about Cristiano Ronaldo, who tunes into Burnley versus Leeds to watch stuff about, and he puts this in quotes, "United," as they insist on referring to those scum bastards. I think it's probably going to be quite um, a distraction for Man United having him there so and an expensive one. So I actually don't mind that they've signed him because I don't think he'll be hugely successful there and it'll cost him a lot of money. I yeah. hope this ruined because they were looking like one of the best teams this season for a title challenge, just the way it, it seems to be working out for them. And I hope he ruins that. They've and become, I think they've he become, probably a, become a sideshow. It's, they're a sideshow of a club now. They're and, fin- and he, finished. And like Bruno Fernandes, as much as we may not like him, is really good at free kicks and penalties. Won't be taking any. They're not his anymore, are they? Nope. We have All to... <laughs> going into the Stratford end. <laughs> <laughs> right, who's your uh, who's your villain of the week? Ashley Barnes seems the obvious. Yeah, the obvious ones. The sheer weight of nominations to him. I think he must have at least ten there. So. And the sheer force with which he hit little Stewie Dallas. Is this the only thing he's ever won in his career? Or has he secured anything else? 
Deitch's admiration. He's had that before. Well, we'll check this one out while we move on to the Gitano Barardi Hero of the Week Award. There's been a lot of um, emotional response to this since we uh, revealed the, the name change. People say, oh, Hughesy, we need you back and stuff. So we will, I think we should rename one of the mic stands in here, the Andy Hughes stand, and then he's properly commemorated. So we'll do that. We'll, but we'll bring that to you in a, in a subsequent week when we've actually thought about how it's going to work and get you to name the other stands in here as well. Sorry for uh, ignoring you again. but um, <laughs> You're not though, are you? On the issue of whether Ashley Barnes has ever won anything, he was capped by Austria at youth international level. Uh, but his application for Austrian citizenship so that he could pursue an international career w- with them was rejected. So he can't even get an Austrian passport loser. Didn't even win that. Fine. Thank you for that. Appreciate the uh, the clarification. Nominations for the Hero of the Week. Well, I enjoyed this from um, from Chris, who suggested the referee should be uh, Hero of the Week, despite his indiscretions with the cards, or lack of, uh, for blowing the final whistle and ending that awful game. It wasn't great, was it? But, you know. It's history now. We don't have to live it again until later on in the season. I mean, it'll just keep happening, won't it, while, while Burnley exists. But they won't always. They'll be they'll be back in the Championship at some stage, I'm sure. Uh, Roger nominating Calvin for handling the midfield on his own. Uh, well, um, yeah. which, is, which seems fair, I would say. Um, and also Sinking Feeling who nominated, <laughs> which is which I am enjoying as a name. I might, you, know, you know, Sinking Feeling just turns up to funerals just for something to do. I may take it on uh, myself, nominating Melier, which I think was fair because given Sky wanted him dropping for, for not managing to read a touch that was six inches in front of him, um, I, I think it's about, to, about right we gave him some love. Our defence as a whole was fine. Mm. should be said. We were decent at the back, even with um, Luke Ayling dragging us down. We were okay defensively and the only uh, thing that really went wrong was not clearing that corner after Melier's wonderful save. Along with Melier's nomination there for that terrific performance, Dallas gets a nomination, Jackie, Tyler Roberts, even Pablo gets a nomination on the Leeds front, um, with good reason, I assume. I mean, Will does nominate Dallas for failing to take a throw-in, which oh. we didn't mention, actually, did we, when he, he just he managed to not actually throw it in, didn't he? So he got away with it because he just dropped it behind his head. But with slippy balls? Potentially. I don't know. I don't know. Maybe Are we... St- the Manscaped sponsorship, is that, is that going to come back for us? We're just we're just waiting for that phone call, aren't we? Come on, help us put food on the table, you ball shavers. I'm just thinking about putting balls on the table. Um, let's not do that. He also... And them just sliding off. <laughs> we could... We're on video now. Do you want anyone? Send it, send it in. We'll do a, a socios poll. Whose balls would you most like to see slide off, off, the off, the t- off the table? Um, oh, wow. Anyway. <laughs> Pablo scored for Castellan. Pablo scored. Let's, let's talk about... More positive things. As you said, Moscow, his first goal since the one against Swansea, apart from the one against Derby. And it's not even, uh, thank you to whoever gently and politely corrected me on Twitter. It, I don't think it's the first time I've made that mistake. I've, I'm sure I've written about Pablo Hernandez in recent times and, and completely ignored the goal he scored against Derby on the, uh, it wasn't even the last day of the, the championships. Was it was Derby the last game? Um, no, because we came no. back to Elland Road and played Charlton. Charlton. The the days after it was a blur. Swansea and I mean we even played Barnsley after Swansea, didn't we? Yeah, the, it was after the the point at which Huddersfield beat West Brom. The whole of that week just was strange, wasn't it? Everything yeah. was just because nothing mattered, but everything was great. So you could just watch things and like somebody laugh. took took a, a big paintbrush and mixed all the watercolors together. Yeah. And it's just... weird now. It's been, I do remember now the Pablo goal because we actually the indignity we went behind against Wayne uh, against Wayne Rooney didn't we? And then Pablo decided he wasn't having this 
and scored the equaliser and then made the other goals. So he he, he sorted out. Um, he kept our dignity on a day when I feel like I probably lost mine. Um, yeah. And a very dignified debut for Castellon. Is it Castellon? I feel like I've been, that's a bit French, isn't it? But it's double L is uh, it's like Llorente. Yeah. It's a year. Anyway, the Castle lot scored yes. for them. It's a very good goal. Jackie got his nomination for being better uh, than we gave him credit for. Uh, and at times it was like he was the only one with any real impetus. That's the one thing I think we've lacked, impetus and spark. And that's where young Danny James is going to come in and give us that. I think Jackie does get overlooked for being consistently decent, doesn't he? He's always a, a, a fairly steady presence out there, even when that's he's not it. spectacular. He's, he does, he keeps possession and he puts some crosses in. And even when he's not outstanding, he's, you can see, I think you can always rely on him for at least a six out of 10. Well, I was going to say he's your solid seven out of 10 is what I was going to put, uh, put him at, but I know you're more negative than I am. But yeah, he's, he's a seven out of 10. 6.5. But as are many of them in this side, that's the thing that I think we, we underappreciate, don't we? That they're all, Pretty solid. It's just those magical moments that we sometimes like. Except Rodrigo. Yep. Except Ailing. Except Tyler Roberts. Tyler Roberts. Held a cost, etc. etc. Not Shackleton, though, because he got a nomination here for his energy and for really injecting something into the side when he came on. It's not just energy. He he reads what Rafinha wants and plays with him very well. He's Shackleton keeps moving around from he's sort of ended up this de facto right back, right wing back. But when he was first in the breaking through from the youth team, he's basically playing as like a number 10. He was uh, the Shackle Messi, uh, Shackle mm-hmm. something along those lines. And that brain and that attacking um, intelligence still shows through when, um, when he's setting up Rafinha. And I think he does, I think Rafinha just feels that when he comes on, he's got somebody who's going to help him, help make him look good. And that's and what it's all that. about. That's what it's all about. Well, Lee mentions Rafinha actually nominates him for the celebration, the attempted uh, GBH on Pat, and Liam picks him out because he totally Cahill Charlie Taylor. The money grabbing twat he adds there does uh, does Liam. Uh, so very nice. But I think we have to probably again by weight of nominations put Bamford forward as the uh, likely winner of this this week because he's been picked out by a good sort of twelve fifteen people for uh, scoring against Deitch, cupping his ear, his call up. Um, I, I enjoy Martins which is just because fuck Sean Dyche and his rugby league team that's why <laughs> fair enough so do we give it to Bamford this week then do you think he has had a I mean if you think the Yerry Mina stuff against Everton and then even his crew performance when even though Bielsa tried to take it away from him by saying well we made a lot of chances before he came on and crew were tired when he did he did add just what was missing from the last from the crew match when he came on for the last 20 minutes sorted it all out and then even how the Burnley game started, I'm sure when um, Tarkovsky, we see the replay of him putting him on the floor in the first 30 seconds. I can only imagine what Sean Dyche's instructions 30 seconds earlier as they came out the tunnel must have been. I'd, I wonder how that sounded. <laughs> Come on, it's only twice a season. You're lazy. You've already been on holiday. <sighs> what, 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 what's Sean what, saying this time? What, what, he, what, what would he have he, said? Uh, what would he have said to Tarkovsky knowing that he's going to be like two minutes later he's going to be on the pitch marking Pat Bamford at the start of this game? Tarky, put fucking Prince William on the fucking deck. <laughs> Thank you very much. Thank See, it was much. worth it, wasn't it? Yeah. Yes. So you can just save your voice now until the return fixture mm. uh, for the most part. So congratulations to Patrick Bamford and, and hopefully he gets some goals in the international break. And Lord only knows if he can't score against Andorra then what hope is there? Don't go to bed just yet. He has been sold. Who knows? 
Uh, so that wraps it up for, for this week's show. More heroes and villains and all the usual stuff next week. Keep an eye out for uh, no propaganda next week. We've got no match. What are we going to do with ourselves? It's crazy, isn't it? Have a holiday. Do you think the international breakers <laughs> international break come at just the right time for Leeds, given that we had the COVID tests and it gives uh, us time to get Daniel James home in one piece and uh, to get him running around the outside of Thorpe Arch loads? Well, it'll get to go... Um he'll get to go on international duty with Tyler, won't he? And learn how forgiving and loving the Leeds fans can be. Not to Russia, though, because yeah, he's not got a visa, has he? been given a visa, but um, they're going to Finland first. So they're having a little bit of a, a Baltic tour. and then um, They could smuggle him over the Leeds. border. I'm sure it'd be fine. Wouldn't you just play somebody else rather than risk having Tyler Roberts <laughs> jailed. jailed by the Russian authorities? Yeah, probably. For we that. say this is Rafinha's in a submarine on his way to Brazil. <laughs> Well, that does wrap it up for uh, for this week. We'll be back with the usual show with all the all the usual fun stuff next week. Uh, the squareball.net forward slash plus if you fancy checking out TSB plus ad-free podcasts, access to the digital magazine, you get the match ball priority, all sorts of stuff. It's all on there. And we will uh, we'll catch you next time. The Squareball Podcast. 